figure out kind of what your risk appetite is, uh, figure out how much capital you have and go for it. You know, whether that's a, you know, a fourplex or eightplex, tenplex, whatever you can do, I would say just go for it, especially if it's in a neighborhood that you believe in. You know, I say just go do it. Welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey, where we explore every facet of multifamily investing and development with top investors, brokers, and service providers who share their strategies, successes, and secrets to help you on your apartment investing journey. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey. I'm Dane Hill. Um, David is out today, so it's just me. And I've got a great guest on with me today. Um, I've been... Uh, going to uh, the Master's in Real Estate Development at the University of Utah, and Rich is a classmate of mine. Um, met him there, and he's just one of those guys that um, if you're in school with him, his comments are really spot on, and I've always thought to myself, that's a sharp guy. Grateful to have the opportunity to have him on today. Grateful that he's taking some time, and um, welcome to the show, Rich. Glad to have you. Great. Great to be on. Thanks, Dane. Happy to be here. So a little bit about Rich. Rich is the Vice President of Investment and Asset Management at Restore Utah, where he underwrites investments, reports on the acquisition activity, and oversees properties in an asset management role. Rich's background includes uh, experience in the real estate and financial, financial service industry. Prior to joining Restore Utah, Rich worked uh, for Orion Management Group, where he managed the operations of $10 million real estate fund, oversaw the development of additional units, and effectively listed uh, several apartment complexes. Pretty cool resume and pretty cool experience. To start things off, though, Rich, can you just take a minute and maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself and um, kind of what you're up to nowadays and what you're kind of, yeah, what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so from Salt Lake City, um, like you said, currently getting my master's in real estate development from the University of Utah. and just want to give that program a shout out. Uh, awesome meeting people like yourself, Dane, in the program. I uh, just have nothing but great things to say about it. Love all the adjunct professors. Um, it's just a great way to network with people that are doing really interesting things in the real estate industry, as well as the professors that are uh, doing deals every single day. So I have great things to say about that. Uh, but for the past five years, uh, I've been working with Restore Utah, which is a local real estate investment firm. Um, we partnered with Goldman Sachs during the recession in about 2012 to help stabilize neighborhoods uh, that were hit really hard by the recession. Um, and the focus that we had on our first fund was buying single family rentals, which was really unique at the time. Since then, uh, it's advanced a lot and there's a lot more institutional players in the space, but it was really new um, to have institutional capital in the single family uh, real estate world back in 2012. So that's where we started. Uh, when I was first at Restore Utah, I was underwriting single family homes every single day, offering about, you know, on about 10 homes and closing about 20 to 30 a month. So it was a really active time um, and really interesting buying single family uh, residential rental units. Um, and then in about 2015, uh, we closed another fund with Goldman Sachs to buy apartment communities uh, focused on workforce housing or people that make less than uh, 80% of the area median income. Uh, so since 2015, we've acquired um, eight apartment communities, about 500 units along the Wasatch Front, primarily focused in Salt Lake County. 
Um, and so with the two funds, we have about a thousand units um, that we currently own and operate. Um, and that's kind of the background about what I've been doing at Restore Utah and a little bit about uh, our group. And it sounds like it's like kind of a really cool cause too, because you're serving a group of people that are genuinely underserved and a really a big need in our market right now is affordable housing for working class people. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, definitely an underserved area. And we just want to, you know, buy the assets that we can to help preserve affordable housing for people in the future and give them a great quality uh, living uh, space and a place for them to call home. So uh, it's uh, definitely a mission driven organization, uh, but we are for profit and, um, you know, definitely looking at getting the, you know, kind of finding the nexus between affordable housing as well as delivering a return to our investors. And so, like you mentioned something interesting, and I think that like this will resonate really well with a lot of our listeners, is that um, I think a lot of the people who um, are uh, doing just regular single family, like renovations, flips, and um, buying and selling residential family, like a lot of their goal is to move up into more of the apartment investing space. And that's what it sounds like you, you guys did as a company. So maybe tell me a little bit more about that transition and a mental shift and kind of the operational shift that you made from doing single family homes to doing apartment buildings. Uh, so when we were looking at buying apartment communities, it's you know a pretty unique asset because everyone's not just looking at cap rates on a single family home. When you're competing with people, a lot of those are individual purchasers that are going to own or occupy the property. So they're not looking at what's my yield going to be on this property or what's my return going to be if I flip this. They're looking at what can I afford from a mortgage standpoint. Uh, So during 2015, you know, from 2012 to 2015, we saw a big jump in home price appreciation and rents weren't tracking as quickly. And so we just found um, that we couldn't buy as many homes at scale that we were trying to do previously because we bought 500 homes in you know the course of three years. Um, and just looking at it, we saw that apartment investing was a more evergreen uh, route that we could take since it's all based on the income of a property um, and is something that you can do through any cycle, not necessarily when uh, you know neighborhoods and communities are uh, hit worse with. Uh, you know, foreclosures or uh, values tanking. So it's more of a uh, kind of an investment strategy that um, really works in a good market and a bad market. Yeah, that's uh, multifamily. It's when you're looking at it from a yield standpoint, it's uh, pretty consistent depending on, not depending on where you're at in the cycle. It's uh, just something that you could do during any time. And really with the single family homes, in Salt Lake, we've seen such an influx of people moving in, uh, such low inventory that home prices just took off. And if you're buying and holding single family homes, it just makes it a little more difficult uh, when you're looking at it from a uh, rent and hold standpoint. There's probably some unique challenges that come with um, the market that we're in right now. And you might be experiencing kind of a similar pain of um, competitiveness in the apartment building space. Is that kind of something you're running into a lot where just hard to find um, good investments. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the biggest thing is just sourcing um, apartment deals. So, you know, we work with all the brokers um, and try and figure out properties and identify them that would work well for us. Um, Right now, I just think that there's a big gap between 
um, what owners think their properties are worth and what sellers are willing to pay. And there's just no inventory out there. So anytime a property hits the market, there's just a feeding frenzy. And especially in the value add space, what we've seen um, is a lot of buyers overpaying for property and paying the sellers for a lot of the value add leg lifting that they're going to have to do. Uh, so it's a great time to own apartment communities and a great time to sell. Um, and it's really competitive as soon as uh, properties hit the market or if you ever know that if there's an active seller out there. Absolutely. I've seen properties that are overvalued that just sell in a day just because there's just a lot of capital out there looking for yield and people are willing to take a lower return just because it, you know it's better than just having the money sit on the sidelines. Absolutely. Yep, that, that's what we're seeing. And like, especially when you get into smaller apartment communities, uh, you know, maybe under 20 units, just like you're saying, a lot of times they have multiple offers on the first day. It's not as structured um, as a larger community where they're, they'll give two weeks to show the property for everyone to tour through it and then have a structured call for offers date. You know, with the smaller space, it's kind of like the wild, wild west where mm-hmm. speed matters. Um, and especially if you, you know, have the capital where you can go hard on a lot of earnest money right away, uh, stuff like that really helps. And it sounds to me like what I'm hearing is like there's opportunity in this space, but you have to be sharp. You have to have your financing in place and you have to be able to be comfortable moving quickly because if you don't have the connections, and you don't have the kind of the stomach for jumping on a property quick. It's never going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, so being ready to move quick. Um, and then also providing owners with track record. I feel like that's something that we've done really well with is, you know, we've closed a lot of properties here. Uh, we do a lot of our due diligence up front. So we're not putting properties under contract and then uh, going back and asking for credits. Once we find more information out there, we're doing a lot of the due diligence up front, uh, letting owners and the community know how certain the property is going to close when we put it under contract um, and then just be ready to move quick. And, you know, I think that's uh, kind of the, uh, the key to closing deals right now. Good advice. So maybe let's, let's dial in a little bit like finer. Do you remember by chance the first deal that you did with Restore Utah that was an apartment building? And maybe talk me through a little bit about kind of the fine details of that deal. Like where did it come from? How did the offer process go? And how did you guys turn it around and really add value to it once you had closed on it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So just a little more context about Restore Utah and um, kind of the verticals that we have with our organization. So Restore Utah's um, the ownership group uh, where we are the principal or the sponsor of all the investments that we do. We also have a construction arm, Restore Utah Construction, uh, that renovates uh, all of our communities. They've rented over 400 single family homes, about 300 apartment units, and are currently renovating about 20 apartment units per month. Uh, so we just have a really dialed in process there. And then we have a in-house property management company called Rise Property Management uh, that does a great job managing our single family homes, as well as any smaller apartment communities that don't justify an on-site property manager. So really putting that whole team together is, uh, I think, what has helped us significantly and kind of uh, is our competitive advantage in the market is we have all these verticals in-house where we can uh, go out there, source an apartment community, renovate it in-house, manage it in-house. And then when we go to sell it, um, you know, we can really run the whole life cycle of the asset within our organization. 
but going back to your question, the you know first property that we um, acquired that was an apartment community. So this wasn't the first, but one that we'll talk about. Um, you know, I think just being out there and networking and getting relationship is really the key of finding all properties. Uh, so we had a great relationship uh, with an apartment owner. Um, I gave him a call and was talking through one of his uh, apartments with him. Um, he was actually out at the community and I hurried and jumped in my car, cruised out there, met him that day um, at the community. And then, um, you know, he, it was a pretty rough community in a really difficult neighborhood in um, West Valley that hadn't seen a lot of capital in over 50 years. A lot of crime was happening there. The units were in really rough condition. Um, and so he said, you know, make sure to get out here, see the uh, community before you offer on it. Cause I want to make sure that you actually want to close on this deal. Uh, so after we talked with him, uh, we got the financials, figured out what we could pay for it, sent him the offer, uh, went back and forth with his team a little bit with, you know, some minor negotiations, but came to a conclusion and found a price that worked for both of us. And we closed on that deal uh, that was in 2016. Um, our business plan for that included uh, completely renovating all of the interiors before, you know, it had dishwashers that were under the sinks that, um, you know, the cabinets were, you know, 50, 60 years old. A lot of the doors and drawers weren't working. Uh, so completely redid the kitchens, all new appliances, um, you know, full flooring, uh, HVAC overhaul, added new windows and really improved the community. Since then, uh, you know, West Valley city has been out to the property. We've had a lot of vendors out to the property, uh, law enforcement's been out there and they're all just thrilled with the turnaround that we've had there. Uh, there's actually about a two and a half acre park right in the middle of it. It's a bunch of fourplexes in a, in a circle. And, um, you know, we have the local, uh, soccer teams that are practicing there and it's just a night and day difference from before when we acquired the property till after. And, uh, you know, it was a complete transformation um, and just a great project to be a part of. And it sounds like, I mean, I think a lot of times real estate developers and real estate investors get a bad rap, but I think that kind of mentality is so cool to see and so cool like that people outside the development community, outside the real estate investment community can see just firsthand that like you can go into a place and really turn around a neighborhood mm-hmm. just through, you know, focus, effort, skill, expertise, and a little bit of capital. And it's probably going by there is night and day difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like this is, you know, a pretty tight submarket where we bought this community. There were a lot of other duplexes around. And as soon as those owners saw what we did uh, with the largest community there, I feel like it was a big catalyst to help them reinvest in their community or into their duplexes. And I feel like it just completely turned around the submarket. And I feel like the property that we started with was the catalyst for that. So you mentioned something a little earlier that I kind of want to also just touch on that some of our listeners might not know, especially the new new people to the investment game, the apartment investing game. You mentioned that like you're doing value add apartment building. And so can you explain a little bit about like what is value add and how is it different from just a, a regular apartment building? Yep, absolutely. So with uh, real estate investing, you would have uh, what's called core uh, investing, which is if you're buying a new product that's in say downtown Salt Lake City, and there's not a lot of 
um, additional upside in the property. It's kind of humming along, doing just fine. Great submarket, great property. That would be considered core investing. And that would be, um, you know, you would take a lower return on that because it's more probable. You know what you're getting into, very stable and a really, you know, pretty safe investment. Then you would get core plus, which is probably a little bit uh, farther away from downtown. Um, that's maybe, you know, 10 to 20 years old, that has a little bit of upside. Um, then you kind of get into core plus real estate investing. Um, you, you know, you'd get, you would expect to get a higher return for that just because you're not in as good of a location and there is some additional upside that you could have with some either operational efficiencies or, you know, renovation upside. Then you would get into value add real estate investing, which is uh, taking a property um, that is, you know, somewhat tired, maybe has some deferred maintenance uh, that you could go into either increase the performance through bringing on a professional property manager or by renovating the units um, since a lot of them are dated and, you know, it could be, you know, anywhere from 20 to however old you want to go for value add. And then on the far end of the spectrum would be like opportunistic real estate investing where you're buying a property that's maybe 50% or 100% vacant, uh, has a ton of deferred maintenance and is a really risky play. Uh, you would expect to get paid a lot more for that. Um, there's not a ton of those in Utah. Uh, most everyone's humming along right at 95%. So you don't see a ton of opportunistic uh, real estate investing in uh, Utah. Maybe you would in you know, office or industrial, uh, but in multifamily, it's very rare. So I think uh, value add multifamily investing is kind of the um, sweet spot, at least for us in generating a strong return for your investor, um, keeping, you know, units somewhat affordable, as well as delivering a quality product and having some renovation upside. And I mean, like for me, at least in my mind, like one of the magic things about value add is that really like when you're looking at valuing an apartment building from a sales perspective, it's mainly based on cap rate, like what the property is returning by going in and managing the property and increasing the rent, you can have substantial increases in value just by good management. Absolutely. Um, you, you wish, you know, at least I wish it was that simple that we could just apply a, you know, cap rate to the in-place income. But even owners will know, you know, what the property down the street traded for. And maybe they'll look at per unit or per square foot and some of these other more general metrics, which are, you know, good gut checks. Um, even though the income for their property doesn't support that value. And that's kind of where we're seeing that divide that we talked about earlier is yeah. they're seeing a property down the street that traded for, you know, 120 to 150 a unit. That's what they want for their property. And, uh, you know, if you could just value on the income, there'd be definitely a lot more upside for real estate investors. And that's probably a little bit like when the market's not as tight as it is right now. Yeah, that's probably something more common, or at least a conversation that people are more willing to listen to. Absolutely. Uh, the last question I have, uh, general question I have is, if you were giving advice to someone who um, wanted to get into the value add space and started to do their own value add deals, what would you what would you say that like the best things that they can do, best practices? Yeah, there's uh, no experience you can get like doing one yourself. Right. You can, mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is figure out kind of what your risk appetite is, uh, figure out how much capital you have and go for it. You know, whether that's a, 
you know, a fourplex or eightplex, tenplex, whatever you can do, I would say just go for it, especially if it's in a neighborhood that you believe in. You know, I say just go do it. Um, something that I would also highly recommend is bringing, you know, crucial partners in really early into the uh, when you're early on looking into a property. So that would be a lender, uh, making sure that you can get the financing that you expect to get, bringing in a property manager to make sure that your assumptions are within reason um, and that re- the returns you're looking for um, are realistic. Uh, so just bring in you know, key uh, players on your team early on with your lender, with your property manager, uh, just to check your assumptions. And if it's a submarket and a property that you believe in, go for it. That's great advice. And probably like if uh, anyone runs into a deal that they feel like is maybe a little bit too big of a bite for them to chew or partnering with a group like yours to take down something a little bit bigger might not be a bad idea to, uh, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We could get creative with um, any structure with ownership or a finder's fee. Uh, we'd be happy to, you know, even just give you our opinion on the product or the project and, um, yeah, we're, uh, here as a resource for anyone that needs any help. Okay. So to just kind of wrap up here, I'm going to ask you just a couple of kind of quick fire knee jerk reaction questions and, um, just want to get your, your thoughts on it. Um, ready? Yep. Go. Okay. What's your biggest mistake you've made during your apartment investing journey so far? Um, so one of, them. Um, we, uh, we, one of the first properties that we bought, there were some issues with HVAC. It had wall units in the front. Um, this was a time where we didn't bring a property manager into the mix as early as we would have liked. Um, and we had great rebates from Questar Gas and Rocky Mountain Power to put evaporative coolers that were really high efficient in the unit. But what we didn't think about was the operational cost of starting those up and shutting those down every single year. Um, It would have been about a thousand bucks more to do central AC instead of putting in these evaporative coolers. But over time uh, it would have made all the difference to, you know, pony up at the beginning and uh, just go with central AC instead of saving a few bucks at the beginning and uh, not looking at the operational expenses that come with, uh, you know, certain equipment that you put on site. Um, What's the biggest win you've had on your apartment investing journey so far? Um, so I think we've, we've, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than to be smart. Uh, and just the time that we bought our, uh, single family portfolio, um, uh, we've seen how much home prices appreciated since then, uh, which has been a huge win for us as well as, you know, a lot of the apartments that we bought, um, just with the timing of the market with cap rates, compressing rates, staying low. Uh, we've, we've had, uh, some pretty strong, uh, returning properties, uh, you know, mainly due to that market cycle. And last, um, how can listeners connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my email is rich at restore-utah.com or they can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Rich Beck, and just shoot me a message. Happy to help out in any way that I can. And, you know, whether that's uh, consulting on an apartment project or um, if people are looking at renovating a community and need help with, uh, you know, a bid from a general contractor, we kind of have the team that fits into that small space. It's hard to get the big guys to listen, uh, but you also just don't want to chuck in a truck going and doing your renovations. I feel like we're kind of meeting that middle market demand with Restore Utah Construction. So happy to give people estimates on what it's taken us to renovate our apartment units 
um, and connecting them with people that have, you know, renovated over 300 units in the past two years, um, as well as, you know, property management rise does a great job. And uh, they can give you a pro forma on what they expect a, uh, you know, apartment community to run at operationally um, and can give you a great idea on, you know, future rents. We'll make sure to put that um, contact in the uh, show notes. Um, again, Rich, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for your insight. Um, and thanks for like you guys just being in business and doing some cool stuff to help the communities that you work in. Um, it's a pleasure sitting down and talking with you. Great. Thanks so much, Shane. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, please take a quick second and hit that subscribe button. Uh, even better, leave a quick review. This helps our show get found by others and helps us attract great guests as well. So Thank you so much for joining me and we'll see you next week for another episode.